0: Thank you for supporting Overcomer's Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. I want you to notice the book of Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22 which reads as follows, while the earth remains, sea, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease shall not cease. One fact you need to keep in mind, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Shall not cease as long as the earth remains. Go over with me to the book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. The book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, which reads as follows. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Based on that, I'm going to talk to you, I want to talk to you for, for a few minutes on this topic. Not going to get weary in sowing because my harvest is on the way. Not going to get weary in sowing because my harvest is on the way. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your presence in this sanctuary, how you have ministered to the people of God. And, Father, we continue to bind the enemy right now that will try to hinder or stop what Jesus is doing in this sanctuary. Father, we have come together to hear a word from you. Father, so much we could be doing, but, Father, we, you said in all our ways acknowledge you, and you will direct our path. Father, for these next few minutes, God, uh, we pray that you would direct us in your word. You would guide us in your word. You will feed us knowledge and understanding from your word. And we continue to bind the devils and cast them out. Thank you for your anointing that's in this sanctuary this morning. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. <clears throat> One great benefit, one great advantage or profit or gain, especially as children of God that we have, that comes from being a child of God, is that we have access to the promises of God. What I mean by access, we have a right, we have a, thank God for the blood of Jesus, we have a right to obtain promises that you find, like in St Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 20. See, access opens doors. It grants favors. It gains increase, influence, as well as authority. Access grants permission, the ability to enter or approach something. Basic access says I'm able to see it or use it. I think about in a natural example, you may have access to something that other people don't have. We have access to God's promises based on St. Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, which reads, for all the promises. Notice this, when I'm talking about access, I'm talking about all the promises. All of God's divine insurance. All of God's promise of good of Him, in, excuse me, of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen. So be it. And like the other definition, it shall be fulfilled to the glory of God through us. When we see the promises of God in His written and revealed word, we know that his promises are true. They're firm and they is faithful to manifest them in our lives based on his timing. And I love what the testimony said. God doesn't go by the world, what's going on in the world on whether or not he's going to fulfill his promises. We just need to know his promises and act on his promises. That's why a promise we can find like we see in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. While the earth remains, and that word remains is interesting. It talks about a 24-hour period from morning to evening. Seed time, sowing, and then a harvest, a time of process of reaping, reaping, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night, shall not cease. We see in Genesis 8 and 22 that within a- every 24-hour period, from morning to evening, as long as we are here on this earth, we have a promise that allows us to sow and a promise that allows us to experience a time or a process of harvest. Harvest time says that my crop is ready and it's time for me to gather in what God has promised to me. It's up for me to bring it in, pick it up, collect it, or reap it. However, it could be difficult for me to go into a season or into a field to collect a crop or a field from a field I did not plant seeds. Oh, yeah, it's hard to collect something when you ain't planting anything. If I'm looking for a summer harvest of corn in my garden, this is is an example, I have to plant my corn seeds in early springtime. I may plant mid-March if I'm in the southern part of Georgia, or I may not plant until mid-May if I'm in the northern part of Georgia. The point of the matter is that I must till the ground, gather my seed, as well as sow my seeds, and if I plan to eat some fresh fried corn with black-eyed peas, fresh sliced tomatoes, and a piece of fat bag, I got to sow And if anybody sows and you want to invite a brother over, so be it. I must embrace seed time, sowing and harvest, a time of processing and reaping. And as I, as I sow my seeds, I also need to take care of the seed in the in-between time. Because as it's going through the process, the enemy will try to come and take the seed. So we have to make sure we protect the seed along the way. As we continue, as we continue to generously sow seed into the good ground. What do I mean by generously? In a way that is, it shows readiness. I want more of something that is necessary or expected. I want to sow that seed into the ground. We can expect or we can anticipate, we can await or look forward to receive God's harvest for our lives. We must continue to take advantage of each 24 hour period that we have access to sowing as well as reaping. Now, Paul addresses the Galatians church regarding being generous as well as good. He begins the letter, let's, back, let's go over to Galatians chapter one and verse three. Galatians chapter one and verse three. He begins this letter to the church of Galatia by reminding them of the greatest giver who gave his life for our wrong doings. I want to read to you Galatians chapter 1 and verse 3. I want you to notice what it says. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, grace. Grace is the benefits, the favor, the increase, the divine influence to you as well as peace, security, tranquility, safety, as well as prosperity from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice the blessings first of all and the promises that God gives us in this particular verse right here. Grace as well as peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see here in, uh, the promises of God, for all the promises of God, the divine assurance, the good may, excuse me, the good that is promised of God in him are yes and in him, so be it, may it be fulfilled. To the glory of God for us. So grace and peace is a promise from God. And I truly believe that we all need God's grace. One definition of grace that I love is this. We don't get what we deserve. And I appreciate God not giving me what I deserve. And not only that, he gives me peace. He gives me security. He gives me tranquility, safety, as well as prosperity. So grace and peace to you. Now thank God it's coming to us. It's coming to us. Grace to you, peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love the fact that it's coming from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. He further describes our greatest example of a giver, the Lord Jesus Christ, in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. Notice what he says in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present Evil age according to the will of our, of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, let's look at this scripture again. Who gave? He yielded up. He extended and supplied and furnished himself for our sins. I like the fact that he, when he gave, he knew what he was getting into. He knew he was doing it for our sins that he might deliver or rescue and release us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. The Lord Jesus Christ committed himself to giving on our behalf. The Lord gave himself for our sins, our errors when we miss the mark. Every time we wander from the law of God, or violate the law of God, that's why Jesus shed his blood for the remission or the removal of sins. And I thank God he did that because I know he had a work on behalf of me. Oh, appreciate you doing that, Jesus. Because I messed up time and time again and thank God for the blood of Jesus that was shed back on the cross called Calvary. We're here today because of Jesus' blood that was shed back at the cross called Calvary. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. I'm sorry, y'all get excited about the blood, y'all. I love the fact that God shed his blood for the remission or the removal of sins. No doubt that giving of himself was tiring, exhausting. He probably felt unappreciated at times, but he continued to give at Calvary. And Lord knows he gave it all at Calvary. I can only imagine Jesus may have felt like, may have felt like, Listen, think about some of the thoughts that may have went across his head. I took on the sins that they have, that they have told no one about and I carried their burdens and their guilt for their sins. And they don't want to worship me. Isn't that something? They don't want to worship him because of all of that. They don't want to talk to him in prayer. They don't want to hold on, they don't want to hold on to what belongs to him. What belongs to Jehovah, the provider, as well as the protector? They want to hold on to God's tithes and offering. Remember, salvation is threefold. It's deliverance, protection, as well as prosperity. And when Jesus gave it all, when he sacrificed his life back on Calvary, he made it possible for us to be delivered, and then we're protected, and then we can't prosper. And then people don't even want to acknowledge him in all their ways so he can turn, direct our path. They don't want to give to him. They don't want to love him. They don't want to obey him. And he did it all so we could have the right to eternal life. You can feel some type of way. Can you imagine you go to work uh, and you work overtime, 10, 15 hours in a week so you can buy a child a present? And then they open it up and look at it and they like, what in the world is this? You're like, I worked all this overtime for this. I I better stop right there because I feel they're taking me somewhere. It's one thing to give, but when we give and others don't reciprocate, back to us, it can be challenging. That word means to respond by making a corresponding action. I believe that Jesus experienced a lack of reciprocity on many occasions, but he continued to give. Reciprocity is the practice of exchanging things with others for a mutual benefit, which is essential to good relationships. For example, in marriages, the wife is all, if the wife is always giving, taking, but not giving back, the marriage will not be balanced and eventually problems will arise. The same is true for the husband. When it comes to children, if they continue, uh, taking from mom and dad, household, and not contributing back, such things as a chore, a meal, wash a dish, fold your own clothes, uh, uh. I'm trying not to, since I'm trying to try to stop right there, but I feel like I need to go, (laughs) but. They want to buy Xbox 900? In 14 games, would you ask him to wash two dishes in the sink and you get attitude. Woo! i I'm sorry, I had to back up off of that one. Just, I couldn't take that one no more. I had to, had to back up off of that one. When you think about the same is true for God's church. If we take on the mindset the church owes me and I'm not contributing back in my prayers, my attendance, my gifts, my talents, my support, my resources, yes, money as well. I may not, I may take the mindset that everybody owes me something. Eventually it may cause me to have a strange, strange relationship with the church and with society. You can think society owes you something. They'll let you know we ain't pee you nothing. I'm sorry, y'all, We're that too blunt? think real talk. I should have this, that, and the other. All right, anyway, we don't want to be a one-side relationship because no one wins. When I talk about uh, reciprocate, this is what I want you to understand. You got to give them back what is valuable to them, not what you think is valuable to them. I hope y'all got that. If God lets us know in his word what's valuable to him he don't want you to give back what you want him to have that's what one church did or excuse me in the book of malachi did and he said give that stuff to your governors." i'm not going to take this stuff you're just throwing at me any type of way I, i don't want none of that but see and i think about this in relationships i can give my wife what i want her to have but that may not necessarily be what she wants Thank y'all for four-way mans right there, boy. I know it. And then I think I'm doing something. Oh, I did all that. Oh, I, I, I got, whew, got all my chest all poked out, and I ain't giving nothing she wanted. Have I told y'all this story? I probably have. I'm gonna kind of throw this and back out here again. Man, I've been telling you time about all that perfume for all that time, man. I told y'all the story. I gotta tell you that story one more time. I got, i told about 15 times. This could be number 16. And so I gave all that stuff. I thought she liked it and she was to get excited when she had it. But you know, the true test was I saw 15 balls sitting up in the, in the counter, not used. I said, well, she don't like that. And then she gave it all away. I said, I quit buying that because I was giving her something she wasn't using. Y'all follow me? Now? If you don't want something, just tell the folks in your life, this ain't, this ain't what I want. I could have saved my money and bought something else. Are y'all following me? I would have bought or something. I just wouldn't have bought it that. Y'all know how it is. You buy it the last hour. You have to get <laughs> Okay. Let me put that on the table now. Let me be honest. When they, when, 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 uh, Christmas was December 25th, and here you are December 23rd trying to find something. <laughs> See that I'm saying. I'm learning, I'm learning these. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. That's what I'm trying to teach y'all, so y'all make the same mistakes I made. Is that okay? Don't make the same mistakes I made. Just find what they want and get that. And then the folks that you give it to, tell them what you want. Well, I don't want nothing. We know you're lying. (laughs) Tell us what you want. Then we go get it, and then we all be happy in in this transition process here. Everybody see it? That's reciprocity. God tell you what He wants, don't He? Don't try to. He don't, even, he don't even try to go through no. He just tell you what He wants. He tells you what He wants, and then either you give it to Him or you don't. The choice is yours. The choice is ours, I should say. So now, all right, let me get off of that. Alright, Paul set the tone for the members of the Galatia church by, church in Galatia, by reminding them and us of what a great giver gives, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6, we're gonna start at verse 6. Galatians chapter 6, we're gonna start at verse 6. <clears throat> let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. So let him who is taught Let him who is instructed or enlightened by the word share or communicate or distribute in all good things with him who teaches. Paul reminds us of of the responsibility that we have when we are taught God's word. As we receive the teachings through Sunday morning messages, sermon notes, midweek Bible studies, devotion times, and so forth, we become sound in what we hear. See, the more that we hear the word, the more we become sound in what we hear. That's why faith come by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. And see, God don't remind Peter and something because he wants to make sure you get it. Because he knows if you get it, you can apply it in your everyday life. And that's what really God is after is for us to apply the word in our everyday life. We understand that when we are taught and become more established in hearing and applying what we're being taught, we can communicate that with others. We can communicate when we get it. We can share it with others because we understand it and we get it and we can apply it and we can teach others or share with others what we have learned. Paul goes on in Galatians chapter six and verse seven. Let's read Galatians chapter six. or follow me as I read it. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So Paul continues, he says, do not be deceived. Don't don't be led astray, don't wander away from God, and don't be led into error. God is not mocked, he's not going to be ridiculed, he's not going to be teased or laughed at, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. We have to remember that deception can come in ways that we might be comfortable with, agree with, or can relate to in the form of people, ideas, certain mindsets, and so forth. You you can agree with somebody on, on social media. When we get to Scripture, you find out it's not right. It sounds good, but when you listen to what the Word is saying, oh, God says this, and they say that. I've got to go back to what God says. I have heard people say things on social media in my mind I didn't agree with, but when it came to scripture, they had backing. I had to go with them. I said, hey, they right. And I'm wrong. I mean, listen, when you're walking with God, you gotta understand something. You can't lean to your own understanding. And because you think it's right, don't necessarily mean it's right by God. So we have to, we have to know what the word says, we have to know what God is saying, and then we go with that. We cannot allow those things to lead us in the error and cause us to wonder from God. Paul warns us not to be deceived. Why is he warning us? Because you can't be deceived, even a Christian. You can be deceived. And, I, and, I, and probably some of us have been Okay, let us be real. Pastor Dobbs has been deceived while I walked with God. Okay? I have been deceived. I'm not going to try to lie about it. I have been deceived. So I, I like Paul says, don't be deceived. And I had to repent. I was deceived, and it sounded good when I heard it. I mean, it sounded real good. I say, "Whoa, this must be right." Oh, and, and God used to check me on my facts sometimes. He says, "Is that really right?" You know, when he say that, he's trying to get me to think right. I was okay, okay, all right. So I go back to scripture. Well, I was wrong, and God is always right. He is pretty direct in saying God is not mocked. God will not be ridiculed, teased, or taunted for no one. Now, you may ridicule God or tease God or it, but God will ha- go have the final say so. God is going to have the final say so. People can laugh at you and laugh at God from here to Jesus come back, but God going to have the final say so. Cause God gonna come back and get His church, and everybody that laughed at Him gonna be looking. Kind of funny when He come to get His church out of the out of the earth. And I appreciate the fact He's coming to get us. His coming, okay, the most generous giver, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, who is our healer, our deliverer, our rescue, our one true God, would not be mocked. His word will stand regardless. And Paul goes on to say in the latter part of Galatians 6 and 7, whatever a man sows, good God Almighty, whatever you sow, whatever you put out there, that he shed, he will. Will connotes a promise. He's gonna reap. He's gonna reap. He's gonna get a harvest. Your seed guarantees a harvest. Hallelujah. The size of the seed determines the harvest. But we cannot rely on our own understanding when it comes to how big or how large or even when the harvest is going to take place. We have to rely on the Lord like Isaac did in Genesis chapter 26 and verse 12. Go to Genesis 26 and verse 12. You can't rely on your own understanding when it comes to harvest. Genesis 26 and 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, return, hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. A hundredfold harvest, harvest that he reaped. Can you imagine you sow a seed and a hundredfold come in the same year? Oh, you y'all miss that day. That's something to get happy about right there. That's something to get happy about. I'm going to say, can you bring my, my example up? You might need a little help. You need a little help. Get some help. I want you to understand something. When you sow seed, seed is powerful. Seed is powerful. Seed is powerful. And if you understand the power of seed, you don't mind sowing. You don't mind sowing. You don't mind sowing. And I don't mind, when God tells us to sow, we need to follow his example of sowing. Because as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed, it's going to be time, it's going to be harvest. Now, Brother Xavier, here's somewhere. Come come, on, Brother Xavier. I'll borrow you for a moment. Come this way. Bring it right here in front of me. Brother Xavier, I know you may not have much country. Thank you, brothers. You may not have much country training as your dad, but I want you to just follow over here. Tell me, where did I buy these from? Where? Y'all heard where I bought them from? Okay, thank y'all so much. Now, no, stay right there. I want, you, I want you to watch. Stay back just a little bit, man. I'm not sure, bro. You're looking good. Now, I couldn't find what I was looking for, but I want you to tell me. Okay, here we go. Now, I know you're real smart, and you may, and, uh, so don't. I want you, can you tell me what these are right here? C's. All right. These seeds come from a what? What kind of fruit is this? Pear. There we go. How many seeds I got do I have right here? How many? Is that right? Is that how many seeds is it? Now he's real smart. I I I, I love it. Questions, David, since you know the four C's. Well, how many C's are in this pear? Uh-huh. How many seeds are in the pear? Excuse me, how many pears are in these seeds? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it could be more than that, couldn't it? Couldn't that tree grow up to be a big pear tree? Then how many trees? Oh, you try it again. You get it? You get it? You get it? We'll try this one right here. This is what? right? What do they call this right here? Apple, all right? Now, let's see, can we find the seeds in this one right here? Huh? I think there's uh Some of y'all getting it. I, I, some of y'all getting it. I want to see. All right. How many seeds in this apple? One. How many apples are in this seed? Hmm. How many? On what? Unlimited. Oh, okay. So if I plant this into good ground, I may get another apple tree that's going to produce a whole bunch of apples that's going to produce more seeds. So I may have unlimited number. Oh. Okay, I got you. Okay, let's go a little further. All right, let's hold on. Hold on. As long as I plant it in the good ground. This is seed number one. Everybody see seed number one. All right. Xavier, how many 20s do I have here? One. But if I plant it in the good ground, unlimited number of 20s. If I plant it into the what? The right. Oh. So if I wanted to plant more, if I wanted, uh, oh, I could have got more if I would have planted more, couldn't I? Oh. Oh. Okay, Xavier. All right. I see what you're saying. Let's try seed number two. How many do I have here? One. But if I plant the good ground, how many will I? Uh, how many? Unlimited. So, ah, okay. So it's, it's, it's not based on what y'all do. It's based on what I plant. Is that right? Oh. So in the same year when he planted, he got a hundredfold return. In the same year, if he planted this, he got a... But if he didn't plant nothing. Are y'all seeing? Are y'all seeing? Alright. <laughs> Can you help them? Let's give the Lord a hand to pray, brother and Amen. you plant the seed, Genesis 8, kick in. But if you plant the smaller seed, you can't expect the larger harvest. But if you plant the bigger seed, you expect what? The larger harvest. And then when God kick in something like this right here, Genesis 26 and 12, in the same year. In the same year. Yeah, he received a hundredfold return in the same year. But think about it, if he never would have sold, if he never would have gave, if he never would have put anything in the ground, how could he if he had gotten it? Because, see, when you put it in the, in the ground, see, seed time of harvest, as long as the earth remains, that's going to kick in. You ain't going to You ain't going to stop that from happening. Listen, I could, look, we could take those seeds, we can chunk them in the trash can. You know what? God gonna have another apple seed somewhere else. It's up to you whether or not you want apples or not, or if you want pears or not. It's just up to you. It's up to you. It, it's, it's, it's You don't stop me from my harvest. let you So I want God. I want to be in a position that when I sow, I'm sowing into good ground, and when I sow in that good ground, I got an unlimited return coming back my way. (laughs) Woo! So you can't put this in your natural mind. Can anybody really figure out how many pairs could have came out that one pair? Can anybody have figured out the number of pairs apples could came out that one seed? Because every time you could have put one seed in the ground, produce a whole apple tree full of seeds with apples and all that good stuff and planted them and got a whole and so I'm not just limited to apples and pears. I'm saying, God, if I sow this this seed right here in the good ground, this thing going to be unlimited. This thing is going to keep coming back forth and forth and keep blowing. And so I say, God, the worst thing I can do is not sow. Lean them my on Well, I'm just gonna do it my way then. I hear what they're saying, but I'm just gonna do this my way. I'm gonna lean to my own on That's for you gonna miss out. Because it 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 didn't it didn't the harvest didn't come fast enough for you. You said, Well, I hear what he's saying, but I'm gonna do this my way. Listen, don't get weary in well doing, for in due season you're gonna reap. Genesis eight twenty two, if you what faint nah, don't give up on it, don't quit, don't don't stop, don't stop because you got to protect the seed, You've got to protect the seed. Man, I could go on that for a while, but let me let me keep moving. Let's go further in Genesis chapter uh six and verse eight. But he who sows through his flesh, mm, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows the spirit of the spirit reap everlasting life. This is the problem some people have. Instead of some sowing good seed, they sow flesh. And flesh is gonna grow too. <laughs> it's gonna grow, it's gonna bring what? Corruption. See, flesh denotes the human nature, the earthly nature of man, apart from divine influence. It's the, the flesh is gonna reap corruption, destruction. Uh, eternal misery, but he who sows the spirit will the spirit reap everlasting life. As intelligent, educated, financially established, influential, spiritual, favorite, handsome, beautiful, and such like that we might be, we have to remember that there is a part of us that's not always the influenced by God it's called the flesh. The flesh is our human nature, thinking, ideas, and mindset that has potential to cause destruction in our lives. Paul reminds us that if we sow into that part of us, we're going to reap from that part of us. We have to be mindful of how we sow and who we are sowing to when it comes to fleshly as well as spiritual matters. Our flesh can cause us to reap corruption. You're still sowing, but you're reaping corruption. Woof! And understand this too, as you sow, remember this too. I, I, want, I want to bring this to your attention. I want to bring this to your attention. I think this is important you understand this too. A person can cry, excuse me, the heart of God is different from the hand of God. The heart of God is different from the hand of God. A person can cry out their hearts to God and not receive like a person who is purposing their heart to give. Did y'all get that? I'm crying out to God, 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 I, I want you to, but I ain't sold nothing. Everybody see that? I have not sold nothing, but yet I'm expecting God to do something like I sold something. Crying out, and you can be sincere about your crying out. And then somebody can be halfway, uh, in it and talking about they sow and they reap or something. Cause as the earth remains, see, Time and what? Harvest. Harvest is another word for reaping. They're going to reap some. Because what? They have sown. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. So let each one give as his purpose in his heart. Not grudgingly or necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. When we give, it connects us to God's supply. When we give, it connects us to God's supply. That's why God supplies the need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, Paul knew just like we know we can get tired or weary and become exhausted when it comes to doing good. Doing good by people as well as operating in the principles of God's word. For example, you might see people drinking, gossiping, backbiting, stabbing each other in the back. You could join them, but you have to make up your mind. I'm going to do good. Another example could be if you're the only one in your marriage trying to make things better spiritually as well as naturally, you might be tempted to give up, stop coming to church, or stop getting the word. You, you can stop paying your bills. But you gotta make up your mind, I'm gonna continue to do good. Some situations can wear you out when it comes to doing good. Doing good requires maturity, insight, and the ability to walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Paul knew this in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 when he said, And let us, interesting word, grow weary. Wow. Grow weary. Grow means you're going to start at one level and you're going to work your way up. You're weary, but you don't want to let that weary grow. Anybody see the difference there? He said, Grow weary. You're weary, but don't let the weary grow. In fact, you want to be in a position to just overcome the weary. Weary means to be exhausted, to be spiritless, to become tired and worn out while doing good. While preparing and producing good for in due season, we should reap if we do not lose heart. We have to position ourselves on a daily basis, that 24-hour period, to bring forth and execute good wherever we go and whoever we meet. In other words... I want to bring forth that which good is defined as useful, beneficial, genuine, approved, or commendable. It can be a challenge, but we have to ask God to give us his Holy Spirit to fulfill this part of the text. One cannot learn, lean to the old understanding when it comes to good. You got to rely on God to show you what is good. You can't go by your own understanding when it comes to good. God can look at somebody and say, that, they're good today. And so you got to go with that. Well, they don't look good on the outside. We talked about the other week. The person that was at the gate, she just lost, she lost her husband and she would gather sticks for, to make some, a morsel of bread for her and her son so they can go and die. That may not look good on the outside, but that was good to God. Another time, Jesus Got upset with the folks in the church. He went and and kicked over the the money changers table and said, listen, you you made my house the den of thieves when it should have been called a house of prayer. He he got mad with all the folks. But that was good. That was good. So you can't go by your own understanding when it comes to good. You got to be led by the Holy Spirit because what may be good to you may not be good to God. And vice versa. We have to go led by the Holy Spirit to what is good. What is good. Sometime before one receives their harvest, they may be tempted to become weary. And I know we all probably been guilty of this at some point or another. Before you got your harvest, you were tempted to get weary. That, my friends, is deception. That's deception. The enemy's trying to lead you astray, get you to wander away from The will of God led into error, and the enemy will use that against you. The deception can cause us to grow weary, spiritless, exhausted, tired, or worn out. Just when you get ready for to get what God has promised you, the enemy brings up deception. Oh, God, that's so good, God. He brings up deception. deception. Notice Galatians 6 and 9, the second clause, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We'll lose heart. We could lose heart, lose heart. And I'm sure some of you have been in a situation where you have been felt worn out, you lost strength, you grew weak, and you got tired. It wasn't tired physically, it was tired mentally or sometimes even spiritually. You were praying, but you didn't see the results fast enough. You were giving, but you didn't see the results fast enough. You had sowed the seed, but you didn't see the results fast enough. The enemy was painting a picture of deception, and the deception caused you to be weary. And, and let me say this: thing. This happened probably most people I know. Most people I know, you're not by yourself, but don't give up. ta ta. This is time where I would tell your neighbor: Don't tell him, don't give up. But I'm not going to tell him that. Just don't give up. All right. Regardless of what we see or hear, we can't afford to get relaxed in our strength, our ability to continue to bring forth good, to sow good, and to do good. Let's consider how one can grow weary. First of all, we can grow weary by doing good. And let me say this to you. You can grow weary of doing evil. You can grow weary of drinking, getting hot, lying all the time, homonger. You get weary of doing bad stuff. But this particular case, he's talking about getting weary in doing good. That's what's useful, that which is beneficial, that which is genuine, that which is approved, that's what's commendable according to God's standard of good. We want to go by God's standard of good. And sometimes you, God's standard of good can make you weary sometimes. Because God will tell you, you can do a little bit better. Well, God, I'm doing my best. You can do a little bit better. Well, God, I'm doing my best. Well, God, You can do a little bit better because that's who God is. He knows what's in you. He knows what's in you better than you do. We do not want man's standard or organization's standard or government's standard. We want God's criteria criteria for what is good and beneficial to us as believers. We can't be picking and choosing. We have to do good to all, especially when it comes to those who are God's people. In these set of circumstances, we must discern the voice, oh, in these set of circumstances, we have to discern the voice of our need versus the voice of our greed or the voice of our seed. What do you mean by that, Pastor Dobbs? The voice of our need would tell us to hold on. Don't let nothing go. The voice of greed would tell us, I got it, but I don't want to let it go. But the voice of the seed says, I'm looking for an opportunity to sow. I'm looking for an opportunity to sow. You got to ask who you listen to. Is it your? Is it greed? Is it need? Or is it seed? Because if not, you'll be dictated by that voice that's the loudest in your head. When God says sow, you got to sow. Because it's an opportunity to sow. But your greed will kick in and say, you know what, I got it, but I ain't gonna let it go. I ain't gonna do good by nobody. I, I could hug them. I could tell them they doing good, but I'm greedy. I'm holding on to my hugs. I'm holding on to my compliments. I'm holding on to my, I could, I could, I could help, but I could sing a little louder, but I could, but I got it, but I'm holding on to it. I got it. Yeah, I could help you out, but didn't nobody help me out when I was in my situation. So I ain't, I'm not gonna help anybody else out. I know they saw me. I know they saw me. I know they saw me when I was doing, when I they there struggling. I know they saw me. I, they know I got three chairs to carry. Won't nobody help me? Look at all these people in here. Got the red on, the green on, the black on. Won't nobody help? I know they see me. So when Mr. You get, I want you to them across them. Yeah, they like, struggle like I did, man. <laughs> All three. Yeah, yeah. I see him going. I could help him. Then what we do? I, I see him. I see him doing it. I could go in and help him. I could grab one chair and it'd be easy for him. I could get somebody else help, but no, I, I, I got the strength. Look, I can pick up one chair, but no, I am getting my muscles tired. <laughs> I could help, but I'm just too. That's what that last scripture we're going to be talking about is is, is referring to. Thank you, my brother. Can somebody help him get rest of the Struggle real later, man. (laughs) Last verse. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are the household of faith. Those in the house of God, we need to do good to. Do good to. Loans of opportunity, a limited period of time. Household of faith, those belonging to God. See, it, we have to know the right time and the season we're in and so accordingly. We're the season, the bigger and the better. But once God gives us opportunity to do good, especially those of the household of faith, we need to do it. We need to do it. We need to do it. Because that's what Scripture says. It's not my opinion. This is not what I think. This is what God says. This is what God says. And see, all this was predicated, oh, excuse me, all of this was based on that fact that Jesus gave, his life, back in Calvary. He said, if I did this for you, and we talked about this in the book, in the first part of Galatians chapter six, excuse me, in book Galatians chapter one, I did all of this, the ultimate giver. He is the ultimate giver. He is the one that we looked for. He is the one. He is the one. He did all that. And as he gave, he said, I'm, I'm sowing into you. So in turn, you can help somebody else. Thank you, Father, for sowing into me. So in turn, I can help somebody else. You sow gifts, you sow talents, you sowed abilities, you sowed it all, God. And as mature Believers in Christ, as mature believers in Christ, we understand that our giving is changing our living. And we cannot allow ourselves to grow weary because our harvest is on the way. You're not going to get weary and sowing because your harvest is on the way. In fact, some of us know it's already here. You're operating in it, but you're smart enough to know, well, I got this harvest. I better sow another seed. Because I'm going to need another harvest down the road. Natural speaking, you don't work one week and quit the job and think you'll get paid for them? I know some people think that, but I'm saying, in the natural speaking, it don't happen. At least not legally, no way. <laughs> so... When you sow, you keep on sowing. And then you keep on reaping that harvest. Because as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and there will be harvest. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.